Jewish mission, my wife Mary, Mary doesn't like to do that, but we're okay. Uh, and so we have uh, two, like two Eds are better than one, two Marys are better than one, right? So we that much being here. It's it's been a it, it's a joy to be able to come and be able to introduce a little bit about IBJM to you. This is great to have the missions infants on this month. Uh, we were doing the same thing at the church in Chattanooga where we're a member of. Uh, we've been working out of there now for a number of years, uh, and uh, they're having theirs, and this is their last Sunday also, and their faith comes. So what a blessing to see that happening here. International Board of Jewish Missions, as you saw just a few minutes ago, but began over 70 years ago in 1949. Uh, actually, it, it began uh, in Atlanta, uh, and, and there was a real tie to this area, to also down in the Jacksonville area, uh, because uh, Dr. Gardenhouse, who had come uh, from over from Austria, he was, a, he was a Jewish man that was raised in a rabbi's home, and he came over to, to earn his money, so to speak, in the, in the city of New York City. And he went there, and his brother, who was a Hebrew scholar, did not realize, uh, well, it, 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 he did not realize his brother had, while he was gone, had actually studied the Hebrew Scriptures and come across the uh, truth that Jesus is actually the Jewish Messiah by, while studying what, what verse, what do you think, what chapter? Isaiah 53, of course. And there's, there's and, and how many Jewish people come to know the Lord uh, by reading Isaiah 53? Anyway, uh, when Jacob got to New York City, his brother tried to tell him what he had discovered, and, and Jacob said, no, don't tell me that name. I don't want to hear that name. And that, I've had that reaction. Many uh, that have ever tried to reach out to the Jewish nation, that's a reaction that's very common. Uh, they've never spoken that name. Anyway, so uh, he left them alone and just prayed. And one day, uh, Jacob was upstairs in his apartment in New York City. He opened up uh, his Hebrew Bible to Isaiah 53, and he began reading Hebrew, uh, uh, in Hebrew Isaiah 53. And, and Jacob said that uh, about, uh, as he read that, he realized that he was looking at the portrait of the Jewish Messiah. And then he realized that he was reading about Jesus of Nazareth. And so he got down on his knees during his apartment uh, in, in New York City, and he received the Lord Jesus Christ as a Savior. He was so excited, he got up and ran down the stairs and ran out on the streets, and he starts saying, in the Jewish community, I have found him. I have found him. And, uh, and, and so a lot of the Jewish people uh, came around him, uh, a very religious area. They said, what have you found? And he said, I found the Jewish Messiah. They said, who is he? And he said, it is Jesus of Nazareth. And when he said that, he was only saved for less than 20 minutes. He was beaten for the cause of Christ. And I remember as a young man hearing him give that testimony after I was saved. Uh, at 17 years old, and tears were coming down my face as I sat on the front bench. I thought, Lord, uh, that's amazing. To only be saved less than one hour and to already be a cause of Christ. But anyway, uh, and years later, he, he decided that he needed to challenge the local churches uh, to reach out to the Jewish people because there was very little activity with uh, most Gentile churches, primarily Gentile churches, in trying to reach the Jewish people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said that he believed that the responsibility for reaching anybody, including the Jewish people, lay at the door of the local church. And he was absolutely right. 
It is the responsibility of the local church. So that's that's why IBJM got started. Uh, I'll, I'll read this little statement to you. Our mission statement is IBJM assists local churches in reaching to Jews and Gentiles around the globe with the biblical priority of to the Jew first, not only just reaching them with the gospel so they might be saved, but that they might grow for worship, growth, and service together as one body uh, in the local church. And that's the key. Jews and Gentiles should be together in one body, right? There shouldn't be separate congregations for Jewish people and separate congregations for Gentiles. We are one body. There's one Lord, right? One gospel, one faith. There's one church. And together, uh, we worship together. And so that's, uh, that was the heart of Dr. Gardenhouse and has been the heart of IBJM down through the uh, years. And we really thank you. Uh, I, I'm amazed that it's been a long time since uh, anyone's been here. Uh, but we want you to know today a lot about what God has used you in in, in reaching the Jewish people worldwide. So now we are in uh, around uh, 20 countries around the world. We have uh, multiple missionaries, um, uh, families all over uh, the world really now. A lot of uh, national missionaries, uh, missionaries that are from Mexico, from the Philippines, uh, from uh, other areas that have, have gone and are going to communities Jewish community around the world and trying to reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's been wonderful. One of the signs, I believe, that the Lord is coming back is that more and more Jewish people are receiving the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, it's, it was amazing. My wife and I uh, and five kids, uh, we went to South Africa years ago and we went to Johannesburg. We planted a couple of churches there. We planted one in downtown Johannesburg, right in the middle of the Jewish community. And today there's a church there that's, that's comprised of Jews and Gentiles together, worshiping the Lord uh, on every Sunday morning. Uh, there in, in the middle, there's a synagogue on every side of this church. All four sides is a synagogue. It's really amazing. God gave them a building, literally gave them a building, uh, and, and, and it's there. So on a Sunday morning, they're singing and Jews and Gentiles together. And what a testimony for the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the type of work that's going on literally around the world. I was ta- sharing with the pastor uh, in, in, uh, in, it was, um, in 2009. Uh, I met a Filipino man from Jacksonville, Florida, who had relocated to uh, Manila because he was from Manila. He got saved by an outreach of Trinity uh, years and years ago, back in the 70s. He went and went to school, got, uh, got his training, went back to Manila, uh, and he started a church and a Christian school there. But he left and he had a burden because there was an emphasis there in Jacksonville at that time uh, about reaching the Jewish people. So in 2009, after serving the Lord there for 20-some years, building this large work there in Manila, he called me and he said, I want you to come over and challenge our people about reaching and praying for the Jewish people and then sending missionaries that can reach them along with the Gentiles. Well, I went over, there was one man and one church, and from that has grown over 700 churches that are involved now with IBJM not only sending missionaries, but sending support. It's, it's really amazing. It's actually, it's, 
quite convicting because some of these churches, uh, they don't have buildings and they're meeting uh, uh, in different areas. Some of them are way out in the jungle. And, and with no exaggeration, when I go to Mindanao, we get on, on a little uh, cart and go out way into the jungle. And we go into a church, and the church, there's banners saying, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And, and then they're giving and their money and, and their prayers, and, and it's going out to reach both the Jew and the Gentile with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's from Manila. So God is doing something. Man. And even, even with uh, all that's happening, the craziness, as you were saying, uh, that we're experiencing not worldwide, but even in America, be it known that God's work goes on, right? There's, there's, God's work will continue, and, uh, and he has a plan, and one of that's reaching the Jewish people. So we're, we're very excited about that. I want to give you a couple of projects that we're doing right now. Um, first of all, I want to call your attention to some paperwork, not paperwork, but literature, okay? I'm too used to running it off. Anyway, um, we, we have uh, these right here uh, on the table. Please take one of these if you would. Uh, or a couple, if you, whatever, these for your Bible or the, uh, bookmarkers that have uh, a good outline of, of reaching Jewish people with the gospel. We have a lot of different tracks. Of course, take a prayer card to pray for us. My wife and I, a little bit outdated. We're getting a, a new one right now. We're in empty nest syndrome. But, uh, uh, but, and expecting our first grandchild. Can someone say amen? Amen. Um, and uh, so uh, we're, we're excited. But this is, this is our prayer card. Then there's different types of literature here. I want to mention to you about different things that we're offering in education. Uh, you saw on the video about the, uh, the Garden House Training Center. We have what's called the four-day focus. Four-day focus is a time when we just gather for, for four days, and we train on Jewish missions. It's, it's, uh, it's in the month of June, and you, uh, come up, you'll come there. We'll just roll out the red carpet. Uh, uh, and and uh, for four days, you learn all about Israel and about how to reach them and what God is doing through the world. It's really a blessing. Sometimes families take their uh, their vacations. They'll come there for several days in Chattanooga, and, and they'll be there. So it's a real blessing. That's called a four-day focus, and there's literature out there. Uh, also, we have uh, uh, outreach programs, and we go to New York City. Uh, this, this year, uh, it's May 28th through June 4th. And this is a great time of getting out on the streets in New York City. The main purpose of, of our existence is to help Christians in local churches reach the Jewish people with the gospel. Now, you heard about how we have a humanitarian work, and I talked with somebody uh, just before church about that. And uh, the purpose of reaching out in Israel, and that's based in Israel, it's called Project Nehemiah. I, I do have a brochure here. There's none out on the table right now. But Project Nehemiah is something that's very, very good. It's, uh, uh, we, it's been going now for 20 years. And it, it was to respond to all the Jewish people coming back from the former Soviet Union. And many of them were coming back and, uh, with very little, uh, you know, anything, money or, 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 or anything. So we began reaching out to them. Now, there are a lot of Jewish organizations that do take care of their people. Not necessarily Christians, but they, they, they take care of their people. But what we do is to try to provide them with some of the things that they might like, you know, uh, some blankets and things like that. Uh, I'm sure they would not, you know, perish without them. 
but it's a, it's a sign of love to them. And we reach out to them and, uh, and, we give, and we give that. But what we're really after is their soul because their soul will perish without the gospel. And so we're, we're wanting to reach them. So the purpose of Project Nehemiah is to reach out to the Jewish people in Israel with, uh, with these type of gifts. We have a warehouse there. And then it connects them. And I just say that if someone here or one that you decided as a church to do something there, uh, you can do it uh, you know, as an individual, as a church, whatever. What that does is it puts that Jewish person in Israel in direct contact with you because they get your name. They get your, they get your and, and, uh, and it puts them, and then they write a thank you. And that starts a, a, you know, a, a connection there. And the goal is eventually for them, of course, to reach, uh, reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's Project Nehemiah. And then uh, we're getting ready in the next week or so to have a Holocaust Education Day. And uh, that's something that a lot of times young people come to. Uh, we'll make it, we'll, we make it to whatever the audience is. Uh, we've had school groups come for the Holocaust Education Day all day. And then it ends with a tour of the museum. We have a museum there in Chattanooga that is amazing. Uh, and, and I think you would really love it. It starts with the Wailing Wall, um, the, the real ones in Chattanooga, the fake ones over in Israel. No, I'm just kidding. But, uh, but uh, it is really beautiful. It looks just like, and then you go with Abraham's tent. And what it does, it follows the Feast of Israel, and it educates you about the, how the feast uh, lay out the calendar of God, the person and work of Jesus Christ the Messiah, and in the future of Israel, and it's really amazing, a Holocaust ed, uh, a section that has the only recreation of Corey Ten Boone's hiding place that's in the United States is there. So if you ever want to come over and, and visit, I think it'll be a blessing to you, uh, even as a church. And all those things are there to reach people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's some of what's happening with IVJM. I hope that's a blessing. As we go along today, tonight, as the pastor said, I hope you'll come back. Um, we're going to do the Passover uh, demonstration, Christ in the Passover. If you've never seen that, I think it would really be a blessing to you. And hopefully, if you've seen this, it, be another blessing. Uh, and you'll see uh, the significance of the Passover and how it speaks of Jesus Christ and the work of Jesus Christ. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn uh, to uh, really two places. I want you to turn to Lamentations, the Lamentations of Jeremiah, if you'll turn there. And we're going to just really give a very basic message of why that we need to reach the Jewish people along with the Gentiles. Now, I'll probably say this over and over again today, but we're not to the Jew only. We're to the Jew, we are with, to the Jew with a priority, but we're to everybody. All people need the gospel. Gentiles need the gospel. Jewish people need the gospel. Everybody needs the gospel. So we should all be to everybody, certainly. We should all be trying to reach, and that's what this month is about. It's how God can use you uh, to reach the, uh, both Jew and Gentile with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And in the book of Lamentations of Jeremiah, it is a book, obviously, of sorrow, uh, Jeremiah was called the weeping prophet of Israel. And this prophet, uh, by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God, uh, wrote his, his deep felt feelings about the condition of Israel at that time. They were, as we know, God's chosen people. 
and, uh, and to see the state that they were in, if he would weep. Uh, and, and, and as we see in the word of God, this type of burden for, uh, for those that are lost is all the way through the word of God. I pray that this morning, as we look into the Bible, that, that the Lord will give us a renewed burden. A renewed burden, not only for the Jewish people, I pray that that would be an education, maybe a why, but also just a fervency of heart that won't be over this month, but that will continue and will grow because we are living in the last days. Let me read a couple of scriptures and then we'll pray. In Lamentation of, of, of Jeremiah chapter 1, I'm going to read a couple partial scriptures and then uh, an entire verse. Look what it says in verse number three. Judah is gone into captivity because of affliction. Look up verse number five. Her adversaries are the chief, are the chief, and her enemies prosper. In verse six, and from the daughter of Zion, all her beauty is departed. Verse eight, Jerusalem has grievously sinned. Look at verse number 12. Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? Behold and see if there be any sorrow like unto my sorrow, which is done unto me, wherewith the Lord has afflicted me in the day of his fierce anger. I want you to turn up, if you would, to chapter 3, and I want you to look at verse number 48. First, uh, chapter 3 and verse number 48. The Bible says, Mine eye runneth down with rivers of water, for the destruction of the daughter of my people. Mine eye trickleth down and ceaseth not without any intermission. Till the Lord looked down, behold, from heaven. And then it says in verse 51, Mine eye effective mine heart because of all the daughters of my city. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day that we can uh, meet together. Thank you that we can meet together without fear. Thank you that's still freedom in America. Thank you for uh, being able to be together and worship. We pray now that today that you would use your word to speak to our hearts, God, and, and to challenge us once again about the shortness of time and the job that needs to be done and the work that needs to be done. Father, help us, Lord, to have that eternal focus, we pray. Bless now if there be anyone here that doesn't know uh, the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they would receive him. As they say, we pray in Jesus. Amen. As I was going through the, the things to, uh, this week, I ran across a little plaque. It says this, only one life will soon be passed. That was good for Sunday morning. Let's do that again. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. I remember as a teenager, I had that hanging in my bedroom. And I got saved at the age of 17. And so I, when I saw that, I thought, wow, I'm going to take this home. This has a lot of memories. And when I took it down, I, I, my brother saw it. He said, oh, wow, that, that plaque. I said, what? He said, when I was a teenager, and he was born when I was in, you know, almost gray hair. But anyway, uh, uh, he, he said, that plaque, mom had it hanging up. And when I was walking away from the Lord, I, I, I would look at that plaque when I would come in the kitchen and see only one life would soon be passed, only what's done for Christ would last. And he said it convicted me every single time as to say, what, you know, what should I do? 
And I said, okay, you want the plaque, don't you? But anyway, um, but uh, that wasn't the point. The point is he's a pastor now, praise the Lord, because he got his view on the eternal things. Now, just uh, having your view on the eternal things doesn't mean that you'll go across the sea or be a missionary or whatever. You can do that in any walk of life. Whatever you do uh, for God, you want to do it with eternal focus and eternal perspective. Because there are people to be reached with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jeremiah had this perspective. He had this eternal view. And he said, when I look around and I see the people, mine eye runneth down with water. My, my tears are such because there is a biblical plea for all people. God wants all people to be saved. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, right? Well, this plea particularly here is for the Jewish people. It was a plea for compassion. And Jeremiah, as we read in, in, in chapter 1, in verse number 12, he said, Is it nothing to you, all ye that pass by? You know, how many times do we as people, I know I'm guilty of this, we get so busy, don't we? And we're busy about our life, and we just don't look up and see a lost multitude around us, that waitress that's serving us at a, at a restaurant or, or whatever, the, the cashier checking us out. But, you know, as we go along in our life, we need to look up, don't we? We need to look around us and see those that are perishing around us. And the Bible is saying here, for the Jewish people, uh, uh, Jeremiah looked around and he said he saw them being destroyed. And he said, these people... Uh, who were the people of the of adoption, the heritage. They were the people of the glorious covenants. They're fallen and downtrodden. Uh, the chosen people of God. And, uh, and one of the reasons why that the church, and we all need to have a burden to reach the Jewish people with the gospel, is because they have fallen from such a high a place. God had given them the uh, covenants and the, and the law the thing that brought us to the Lord Jesus Christ, right? The Lord had given that through them. And, and, this, and, and, and the prophets say, behold and see worldwide now uh, that they are perishing. Uh, it, it, Paul had this similar compassion. I want you to take your hands. We're going to leave Jeremiah, and we're going to go up to the book of Romans, if you'll turn there, please. We're going to be uh, there in Romans chapter 9. And in Romans chapter 9, you say, well, you know, in the Old Testament, I understand that there would be a burden to reach the Jewish people along with the Gentiles, but they rejected God. So now do we really have a responsibility to the Jewish people? And do we see this in the New Testament? We do. Look at Romans chapter 9 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have great heaviness and continuous sorrow in my heart. For I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ for my brother and my kinsmen according to the flesh. The Apostle Paul had such a compassion for his people. Now we know that Paul was called to the Gentiles. We understand that he was a Jewish man who was called primarily to reach the Gentiles with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he always had a burden to reach his people. He always had a burden to reach the Jewish people. So there's this plea, and Paul said, I could wish that myself were a curse from Christ 
for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. I used to hear an old preacher, his uh, name was Maze Jackson. Has anybody ever heard that name? Uh, he, yeah, years ago. Maze Jackson would have what he called the truck driver special. Uh, it was his program and, uh, there on the, on the, and he was a great preacher. And he had a message called, Somebody's Praying for You. Somebody's Praying for You. And you know, everybody here, I believe, saved because somebody prayed. I, I, I think that's the case. Somebody had got a burden for you. Uh, and, and it might have even been somebody that was before you, like maybe a grandmother, somebody that may have already been uh, gone to be with the Lord, but somebody prayed. The Apostle Paul's here and he's saying, I so want to see the Jewish people saved that I myself be a curse from God. So my prayer is that they would be saved. Paul had this compassion. It was a plea for peace. Of, of, of Israel. The, the Bible says in Psalms chapter 122 and verse number six to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, one of the most touching scriptures in the Bible is when Simeon, remember, uh, he, he raised up the Lord in the temple and he said, Now let us thy uh, servant depart in peace, for my eyes have seen uh, thy salvation. And, 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 and he uh, t- talked about the peace that would be given, the peace that would be given through the coming of the Messiah. And he prayed for that. It's a plea for peace. It's a plea for the salvation of it. Look up one uh, page up in Romans chapter 10. The Bible says in verse number one, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. So this compassion, this biblical plea is a plea for their salvation. There's a lot of things with the Jewish people that we don't sometimes understand. When you think about the Jewish people, a lot of times you think these are people that know a lot about the Bible. I mean, you kind of have that thought process that, well, I mean, the Hebrew scriptures came from the Jewish people, certainly. And it's certainly the religious Jewish people must know a lot about the Bible. How could I ever witness to a Jewish person because of that? The truth of the matter is, the scripture is fulfilled. My people are destroyed for lack. They don't know. Just like many religious people in the world that are Gentiles that may be very religious, they don't know the word of God. And they're being destroyed for lack of knowledge. Uh, statistically, when you, uh, it, it, now it says that over 50% of the Jewish people in the world don't even believe there is a God. Many of them are agnostic. Many of them uh, 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 try to claim that they're atheists. And, and the ones that do acknowledge there is a God don't know the scripture. Mary and I used to serve in, in Johannesburg, and down from the uh, house was a park. And the Lord opened up an amazing ministry. You know, Pastor, it's exciting to serve the Lord, isn't it? It's just really exciting to serve God. Isn't it exciting to get time, a, a chance to witness to somebody? How many of you say amen right there? You know, when God opens up the door and all of a sudden, let me ask you a question. Do you ever have a better feeling than that? After you get done with witnessing to somebody and you walk out and you know you have fulfilled that purpose, that's not just, you're just walking on cloud nine. And I enjoy a lot of things, you know. I enjoy, you know, a lot of things, but nothing like that. And I can remember going down to the park and there were these Orthodox Jewish guys down in the park and they were very religious. 
and I didn't know how to reach them. And I remember saying to my side, and this is a good prayer. Uh, I'm sure some of you might have Jewish people in your, in, in, in your acquaintance, a doctor or whatever. You know, a good way, place to start, just pray. Just say, God, I, I would love to be able to share the gospel with this person, you know, whether it be Jewish or Gentile, but I'm talking specifically about the Jew right now. And, and I would like to be able to share it. And, and I, so I sat down on the bench and I said, Lord, I, I don't know how to begin with these religious guys. I don't know how to, how to do this. Lord, you're just going to open the door. And what happened? A fight broke out behind me. I mean, they were not, they weren't uh, as far as punching Joe. They were about there. But these religious Jewish guys were in a very heated argument. And there were probably about 10 or 15 of them. And I'm sitting on the bench. Now, I may look bold up here, but I'm not a bold person that much. You know? But I'm sitting on the bench, and, and the Lord, the Holy Spirit says, now's your opportunity. And I went, oh, no. And I remember uh, sitting on the bench, and I turned around, and I said, okay, here it goes. I had no idea what I was going to say. I walked over to these Jewish religious guys, and I said to them, uh, hey, guys. I, I went, hey, guys, like that. And, of course, I, I have a real strong South African a- accent, don't I? But anyway, they recognized right away that I didn't. And so they stopped. And, and I said, what are you doing? Because they were u- using bad language. And these were religious guys. There were families in there. And, uh, and, and, and they said, what, what are you talking about? I said, well, you're arguing here. And the words were just coming. You know how it happens. And, and you're using bad language. And then I said this words. I said, and you're ashamed to Judaism. Oh, I never say anything like that. I, I, I was like, did I actually say that to these guys? You know? And uh, anyway, they stopped and they gathered around. Well, I won't give all the details, but I thought at one point I was going home, you know, coming home, coming home. You know? And uh, I was all around. But you know what happened? They began to ask questions. And I had some tracks in my pocket. And they said, what are those in your pocket? And I said, uh, well, before I give these to you, I got to tell you, this is about Jesus, the Messiah, and they said, we want to see him. So I started handing them out. And that started a conversation that lasted about 45 minutes, explaining the track, explaining the fact that Jesus is the Messiah. And it, not only that, but Mary vouched for the next three years, it opened up an opportunity to go down to that park every uh, week on Shabbat and to witness to him. God's able, God's able to do that. And, uh, and the Apostle Paul said they need a knowledge. But one thing I found out about those guys, though they were very religious, they had really no knowledge of the Word of God. No, not, not, not the New Testament. They didn't have a knowledge of the Old Testament. It would be destroyed for lack of knowledge. So we never need to be afraid to witness to somebody because we feel like they know more than we do. Chances are, if you've been in Sunday school, you've been in church, you know enough to lead any Jewish person to the Lord Jesus, along with the Gentiles. So it's a plea for that. Uh, they need a knowledge of the Jewish Messiah. But let me hurry on. Not only that, but there's a, not only a biblical pre, a plea for Israel, but there's a biblical program. Why should we reach out to the Jewish people? Uh, you know, a lot of people believe that God's finished with them. Well, uh, the Bible uh, says this in chapter 12 of Genesis, that this relationship with God began or commenced with an unconditional covenant. The Bible uh, uh, says in chapter 12 of Genesis, he called out Abraham, right? He called him out and he blessed him. 
And we'll look at that in a few minutes, but this is called the Abrahamic covenant. And the Abrahamic covenant is an unconditional covenant that God has with the nation of Israel. And uh, this covenant does not, not mean that they're saved. They need to be saved. But it is a relationship that God has with, with them. Uh, and uh, the Abrahamic covenant is unconditional and it's everlasting. And because of that, Israel, the Jewish people, have an everlasting identity. I want you to take your Bibles real quick. Turn back, if you would, uh, to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel. And look, look at what the Jewish people have in, in the Lord. They, they have this under, uh, unconditional covenant with, a, with, a, with identity. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, look what it says. I want, to, I want you to look uh, in verse 22. The Bible says, Wherefore art thou great? This is 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 22. Wherefore art thou great, O Lord God? And there is none like thee, neither is there any God besides thee, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And look at verse 23. And what one nation in the earth is like thy people, even like Israel, whom God went to redeem for a people to himself, to make him a name, and to do for you great things and terrible for thy land, before thy people, which thou redeemest to thee from Egypt, from the nations and their gods. And now look what it says in verse 24. For thou hast confirmed to thyself thy people Israel to be a people until they reject Jesus Christ. That was, wait, that's not what it says, does it? Wait, um, it says that to be a people until they sin too much. Oh, it says, to be a people unto thee, what's the next words? Forever. And thou, Lord, art become their God. I want you to give you another look up in Jeremiah. Back up in Jeremiah, if you would. And look at Jeremiah chapter 31. Chapter uh, 31. And, and, uh, and look in verse number 3 of chapter 31 of Jeremiah. And we'll read a couple of scriptures there. The Lord hath appeared on the old, saying, I have loved thee with uh, what kind of love? Everlasting love. There were loving kindness have I drawn thee. Turn to page 1 uh, to uh, verse number 35 of chapter 31 of Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinance of the moon and of the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar. The Lord of hosts is his name. I love it how the prophets always First, talk about the Lord and his greatness and his power. Then he says, look this. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel also shall cease to be a nation before me forever. What's the Bible saying here? The Bible saying if if God was finished with the Jewish people, then the sun would not have risen this morning. The moon would not have been out last night. The stars would not be in heaven any longer. No, God is not finished with Israel. God has, uh, they're still his people. That should challenge us today because in this crazy world we're living in today, you can count it over the next years, there's going to be an awful turn and it's already beginning in in more and more of anti-Semitism in in our nation and in the world. And we need to be careful and understand that although the Jewish people need to be saved, they are still God's chosen people. Amen. And we need to be so careful about how we, we react to that. So it commenced with an unconditional covenant. It continues with everlasting identity. And one day it will consummate with an eternal purpose. 
God is not finished with Israel. Uh, we won't take time to look at it, but you know, God is uh, going to gather in a lot of Gentiles using the nation of Israel sometime in the future, right? Yeah. And so uh, uh, we, we know them as the 144,000, right? And the witnesses, well, when the midnight cry comes, brother, and we're going out of here, God is going to use the nation of Israel in an amazing way. God is going to uh, seal 144,000, and the Bible says that in Revelations that there would be more, uh, a multitude that no man can number of people that will come out of every nation that will be saved as a result of the witness of the Jewish people. By the way, let me just make another side note here. You, uh, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, don't, don't think you can wait for that time, okay? Because the Bible says if you've rejected the truth, if you've rejected uh, uh, the, what God is trying to show you now, that, that you'll be sent strong delusions, the Bible talks about. So be very careful about that. But thank the Lord there will be opportunity for some to hear and to receive the gospel via Israel when God uh, seals those 144,000. God has an amazing Amazing uh, purpose for that. But the truth of the matter is, if a Jewish person dies today without Christ, they go into a, into a Christless eternity just like any Gentile. And for that, our hearts should be so burdened. So there's a biblical program for God, and the Lord's purpose and plan has not changed. And by the way, I know your pastor has preached this faithfully, but nowhere in the Bible does God refer to the church as Israel. Nowhere, not in any verse. Anytime God says Israel, he's talking about Israel. When God says the church, he's talking about the church. Two separate things. Now, if a Jewish person gets saved, they're in the church, amen? But, uh, but, but there are two separate things. And you say, well, why would you bring that up? This one, because many churches do not try to reach the Jewish people, not this one, but other churches because that they do not understand that the number one, that the Jewish people need to be saved, and number two, that the church has, they, they think the church has replaced the Jewish people. So therefore, there, we shouldn't have any particular burden to reach them. After all, didn't they kill the Lord Jesus Christ? That's unbiblical right there, too, by the way. We all were responsible for the cause of Christ. And even the Bible says that, right? Uh, uh, Pilate, when he was before them, everyone, everyone was responsible. The Gentiles, the leaders, and all for the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're all guilty before God. And, and they need to receive the Christ. So there's this biblical priority uh, for the spread of the gospel. That's the third point. There's, a, there's a, this program, there's a plea, and there's a priority. Uh, and, and the Bible says in Mark chapter 16, preach the gospel to every creature. So I'm so thankful when you have a church that understands that the gospel needs to go out to every creature, both Jew and Gentile. I like the, uh, what Dr. Garnhouse used to say. He said, if you don't believe it's to the Jew first, go to him second or go to him last. Just don't leave him out, okay, uh, with the spread of the gospel. How many times have you gone up to, or not you necessarily, but somebody goes to the door, knock on the door and say, hey, uh, I'm here to invite you to church. And, and they say, I'm Jewish. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. Walk away, you know. And, and some of that maybe is because you don't know exactly what to say. But the truth of the matter is that person standing in front of you needs the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
they need to be in church as a saved Jewish person. And so every creature, church history tells us and, and shows us that the church has largely not been responsible in that. As a whole, has not been faithful in evangelizing the Jewish people. So that even in Jewish communities, churches many times don't try to reach their Jewish neighbors because they see that uh, they, they feel like, well, and then you have those that are, are, are preaching false doctrine, like the doctrine of dual covenant, where they say the Jews have a way to get to Christ and the Gentiles have a way to get to Christ, but, but in the end, all of Israel shall be saved. That's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is not saying every Jew born is going to be saved. It's talking about a remnant at the end will be saved. But the truth of the matter is there's only one way to Christ. Amen. And there's only one way to the Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there's many ways of witnessing with the same message, amen? And we can reach them, but there's only one way to Christ. And there's a priority. The priority of evangelizing and it is, it's, I want you to turn, and you knew, probably knew I'd end up in this scripture to this, uh, this morning, Romans 1.16. All right, Romans 1.16, and we'll, we're finishing up here. Romans 1.16. Bible says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We're talking this morning about why is it important for us to include the Jewish people as far as our evangelism and in our missions and reaching them worldwide. This is why. Because the gospel is uh, the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, Boy, that was a little weak, but I understand. I can't wait. Everyone that believeth, and also to the Greek. I was in a church not long ago, and they quoted that scripture and left out to the Jew first. I couldn't believe it. And, uh, and, and you know, we claim to be literals in the Bible, but uh, to the Jew first. You said, well, didn't, does that mean that it went to the Jew and now it's to the Gentile? Absolutely not. In the, in the uh, Greek, that word first means proton. That is the, used the word proton. It's the same word used, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Same word. And so if we're going to use that there, we say, well, okay, well, I'll seek the kingdom of God one time, and then I'll seek everything else the rest of my life. No, that's not how we interpret that scripture. In the same way with this one, we say it's a thing of priority. We reach them with the gospel, with a priority, along with together with all Gentiles uh, in reaching with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So there is a bit of a priority. And the Apostle Paul practiced this, didn't he? Uh, when he would go and evangelize, where it was the first place the Apostle Paul would go to? Synagogue, every time. He, he went to sing, and this apostle to the Gentile would go, and, and I think he was demonstrating his heart. He wanted to go and try to reach his people and then go on and do the work that God has called him together so that he did not leave the Jewish people. And he said in Romans chapter 11, he said, I want to reach the Gentiles with the gospel so that I might provoke the jealousy, the Jewish people, that they might come to know Jesus Christ. He didn't say, well, I'm to the Gentiles. You can be to the Jews. No, he said, we're all to the Gentiles. We're all to the Jews. Amen. And we need to reach them with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's, let's uh, finish here. So there's this priority. But finally, I, and I love this, there's, there's promises. 
this week to receive what you need. And, and, that, and that's a great blessing. First, there's a promise of power. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first. And when Mary and I surrendered to go over to Africa, that was funny because we never knew there was a Jewish person in Africa. And we ended up in the city of Johannesburg. But when we went there, uh, I was the associate pastor of a church and a principal of a Christian school. So my, I wanted to do something easier, so I went to Africa. But anyway, um, but I, I was there, and I was reaching uh, there, and I remember people putting notes in my box. Why don't you try to reach somebody that's not denying and, and turning away from Why don't you reach a, a people that are open to the gospel? And the answer is this, for I'm not ashamed of the, of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. Do you know that when you go in the power of God, that God can open the door with anyone, uh, anyone that you want to reach, uh, right? And so God opens the hearts of the Jewish people just as much as he opens the hearts of the Gentiles, the power of God and the salvation. Uh, I noticed that Brother Boffin, you guys, um, or Brother Jerry Boffin, uh, we all go to church together. We're in the same church. And, uh, and, and one of the men that just went to be with the Lord with BIMI was uh, Dr. Thompson. And Dr. Thompson was the vice president of BIMI. And he told me this. He said, Brother Ed, because we all went to church, he said, I was in a hospital, and I was going to visit somebody. And he said, I walked past a room, and there was a man. I looked in the end, and I was just like, and he turned in, and he went over, and he said, I'd like to talk with you. You know, why are you here? And the man didn't really answer. And he said, he said can I help you? Because I'm a pastor. He says, I'm Jewish. And the guy stayed there. And so, uh, and he said, why are you here? And he said, I tried to commit suicide. And he, he said, but, I, but I'm Jewish. And isn't that something? And so, uh, so uh, Dr. Thompson, before he left the room, he took, uh, you know, he opened up the drawer and there was a Gideon Bible in there and he took the Bible out and he gave it to, he said, I want to tell you something. The answers to your problems are in this book. Then he turned around and he walked out the door. He went to visit uh, his, his friend down in, I think he was in ICU. He came back and as he walked past, he looked and the guy was, had the Bible open. And he said that he, uh, the guy went, come here. He said, I've had this open for 10 minutes, and I have found three answers to my problems. That's what this Jewish guy said. And he said, uh, he said uh, uh, so Dr. Thompson said, there's more answers. Let me show you. Led this Jewish man to the saving knowledge of the Lord. And Dr. Thompson used to say this. The man was from Texas. He said every year, oh, that when Dr. Thompson was walking out, he said, who are you? He said, I'm an ambassador. I'm an ambassador. That's what he said. Every year he would get a letter from Texas to my ambassador. He was involved in a good church in, in Texas, this Jewish man. The power unto God, right? It's the power, the gospel, the, the word of God. Getting the word of God is, and we've seen that over and over again. So there's a promise of power. There's a promise of blessing. The Bible says that I will bless them. That what? That bless them. What greater blessing can we be to anybody but then to share the precious gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ? Blessing upon blessing. Uh, and, and, and the greatest gift that we can give to the Jewish people is to give them the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I tell you that I believe with all my heart that God will bless you. 
and God will bless me as we do that, and we're faithful in doing that. Then I, I end with this. There is the promise of judgment. Uh, I do believe, as we said at the very beginning, that the coming of the Lord is, is, is here. The Bible says in, in Romans chap, uh, chapter 2, uh, as it talks about, you know, in Romans chapter 1, it talks about two, that gospel is to, to first. In Romans chapter 2, it talks about how that the judgment is also to be. And so that very acknowledgement that there's judgment coming on the, this earth should, should cause us to want to do something for the cause of Christ even greater. You so say, what can I do? I'll end with this. Number one, we can pray, right? The Apostle Paul said this in relation to reaching the Gentiles and the Jews. He said, for this cause, I bow my knee before God. Now, I understand that that bowing of the knee also in context means I surrender to God. I, whatever God wants, I surrender to him. I bow my knee to God. But I believe it can literally also mean for this cause, the cause of reaching both the Jew and the Gentile with the gospel, I bow my knee before God. And so we need to pray and ask God to, to reach the Jewish people and the Gentiles with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But not only that, Paul said, for this cause, I minister. I've been called a minister uh, uh, to the gospel of Christ. And so uh, maybe God has got uh, uh, something different for you to do. Or within this church, you can gear up and do more for the cause of Christ. Uh, maybe you need to come to New York City and reach out on the, with, uh, on the streets uh, or, or go to Israel and visit. Uh, do something that, that like, you, like we start with Jeremiah, my eyes affect my heart. We get out and get to some place that would affect your heart in a greater way. Maybe you have young people that need that their focus is more on the temporal things than on the eternal things. Take them to a mission field. Get them out somewhere. There's a mission field right out here, by the way. Okay, But get out and, and, and let your eye affect your heart because Jesus is coming soon. And we don't know how much longer we have, and we need to reach these people with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And finally, said, uh, Paul said in Ephesians, not only do I bow my knee, not only am I called, but he said, for this cause, I a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm willing just to talk. He was actually in prison because he was reaching out to the Jewish people with the gospel along with the Jews. So what is God calling you today? And you, we, we give this, there's a reason why we're doing what we're doing. And no matter what age you are, I don't know, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I got a call, I got a, a letter just the other day from Israel. We have a brother there, and he, he, he moved to Israel at, at 70 years old. And, 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 he is, and he just took a church, 79. And he's building a Filipino church in Tel Aviv, Israel. Out. That kind of like, okay. Maybe retirement's not exactly what God has planned. Okay. Um, and it's never too late. Never. Only one life will soon be gone. Only what's here. Father, God help us, Lord. We, we do plead with you, Lord. We Lord, the brevity of life, the shortness of life, sense of utter vapor. Father God, 
you have saved us and we are eternally thankful, so grateful for what you've done. You have blessed us. You have blessed this church, obviously blessed this church. In so many things, Father. God, we do understand that there is a purpose for all that. And there's an eternal purpose. God, let us do our part, whatever that may be. Father, Lord, may we, but the Apostle Paul said, uh, my heart's desire and prayer to God. God, help us. Lord, may, Father, God, we look around our neighbors, the Gentiles that surround us. And God, oh, Lord, break my heart afresh and in, like that prophet. God, I pray that you'll help us, Lord, to do this, knowing that you could come. Help us, Father, Lord, look at these. Thank you for this time. We just pray that you'll bless it. All right, with our head bowed and eyes closed this morning, maybe you're here um, with us this morning or watching by live stream. You've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Can I encourage you this morning that God loves you? Loves you so much that he died and was buried and rose again the third day so that you could have life and that you could have it more abundantly. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I die right now, I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Pray for me. Just slip your hand up this morning right back down, and I'll pray for you. I'm going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers. Maybe you're here this morning and you're saved. You know Christ as your personal Savior. What a blessing that is to know that our eternity is secure. But can I tell you, there are many out there that do not know, both Jew and Gentile, who are lost, undone without Christ. What are we doing? What are we doing as a church? What are we doing as a people? God has planted us here, right here in Effingham County for a purpose, for a reason, to be a lighthouse <clears throat> to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Maybe, may we be able to uh, be a witness, that we may be able to be a soul-winning church. You know, the scripture says, he that winneth souls, why? Be a wise church. Let's get busy about our Father's business. I don't know when the end's going to be, neither do you. God doesn't tell us. I know it's closer than it's ever been. Let's get busy. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning. Hymn invitation, can I invite you to come? Lord, Isaiah said, Lord, here am I, send me. Paul said, Lord, what thou have me to do? As for me and my house, Joshua said, we'll serve the Lord. We need to get busy. The time is short. If you need to come, for whatever reason, this morning you come.